drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in, man. Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. What is going on, everybody? It is Wednesday. I am your host, Eric Okuri, and we've got a we got a big guest. He's a returning guest. This guy, I mean, what do I say? He's first of all Sports Illustrated All Lions. I mean, you can find this guy on the huge show on either online, the radio, wherever you listen. I've also seen him. He's doing guest spots on, um, you know. Uh, the bros show i can't think of the full name right now but he's he's got 20,000 <laughs> twitter followers <laughs> i mean this guy's doing big things now a couple things is that he comes on the show often and like talks about his his just love for Jamie Collins so i have to knock him down for that he also continues to not give enough love to DeAndre Swift and St. Brown you guys know who he is it's Logan Lamrandier Logan you're back you ready to talk some Lions football? We got lots to do, lots of Kool-Aid to pour out, man. How you doing? <laughs> doing great. You know, just ready to somehow bring Jamie Collins back into the show. <laughs> we, we're going to bar him from today's episode. And by the way, it was X's and Bros. Great show. Logan jumps on there every once in a while. So I don't know why I couldn't think of that on the intro there. But uh, you're doing lots of things, man. You're always out there. Oh, yeah. And you're an analytics guy. Let's get that out there. You always like the numbers. You come on here every time you do the pod. You talk about athleticism. So, I mean, most people are familiar with your takes. You've also been known to do kind of 50-50 where you'll give me like the, the heads and the tails of every single topic when I try to hold you to the fire and then you don't really make a decision. So, um, yeah, the people know you, man. They love when you come on, uh, love hearing your takes, your thoughts. And, and I'm, I'm ready to talk ball, man. I'm always ready to talk Lions football. So uh, there's a lot <laughs> to talk about. I feel like, uh, and you know, get into this off season lull, but there really never really is an off season. I feel like with just, uh, you know, the senior bowl right around the corner and yes, the NFL playoffs are still going on. doesn't, really pertain to the Lions all that much but at the same time there's still a lot going on and there's plenty to talk about and my personal favorite time of the year is always the draft year so it's time to start digging into that and doing my homework there now that the season's over oh man so much so before we get into it we got to fill up everybody's glass Drink it in, that delicious Honolulu blue kool-aid side of cornbread cornbread make it a double cornbread all right now that now that we're liquefied ready to go like, I, I just want to throw this at you, Logan. So, the Detroit Lions, I mean, they beat down the smug. I don't know if you've heard, but they're very smug over there in Green Bay, especially that quarterback, number 12, Aaron Rodgers. So, the Lions were able to beat the smug Packers, and, and don't get it twisted. Aaron Rodgers out there playing. They're trying to win. You know, they wanted that football game, yet the Lions won it. I mean, fans were hype. Ford Field was was rowdy which was great to end the season um you know in my opinion i don't know if you've heard this before on the show but i, I in my humble opinion this is the biggest <laughs> off season in the history of the detroit lions and, and the kool-aid the detroit kool-aid by the way is absolutely flowing so i'm very curious what you took away from that final football game if you think it's a jump starter if you don't think it means much i think you'll probably say both are true but <laughs> i'm very curious what you thought about that that victory and how it sent the lions into the offseason here <laughs> well unfortunately I, I don't necessarily think that uh, a lot of, I guess, what you can call momentum carries over into next season. But I do think it still carries and instills confidence in this these younger players, and especially the way they finished off, you know, the last few games of the year on how many wins they put together and 
it's not like the Lions were super talented or anything like that. They just had a lot of things going, and the coaching staff was good. Um, younger players were stepping up. So the, the game against Green Bay, yes, it was only one half against the starters, but the Lions were still winning in the first half against the Packers starters anyway. So they were they were playing well. So to me, it just – I said all season that expectations were low for me, but at the same time you wanted to see improvement as the year went on in just multiple facets of the game, whether that be coaching, um, you know, the individual players, um, guys starting to step up and growth. And I think you saw all that. And I don't know if the season could have ended really much better the way where it gives fans a lot of optimism. It instills confidence, I think, in the players are just the direction of the team and the culture uh, that if they keep doing what they're doing, you know, eventually it'll all work out and they just keep adding some talent and, I think that things are definitely headed in the right direction. So I thought it was a great ending to the season. It's always great to beat the Packers. And yeah, it would have been nice to have the first overall draft pick, but at the same time, I've always, there's been two guys I've been split between in the top of the draft anyway, the entire time. So it's not like it's all that big of a deal to me, maybe towards the draft. If one guy kind of becomes the clear cut, number one, it that win might matter, but I, I still don't think it will. Cause We've, how many times have we said it's like there's always going to be a good player available. You just have to draft the best one and make sure you don't miss. So to, to me, I thought it was a perfect ending of the season and just put the trajectory in the white, right direction um, that you want to be going in in the first year of a rebuild. Yeah, I thought it was real exciting for the fans as well as uh, you, you beat, you know, the number one seed in the NFC. They did play their guys a bit. You kind of had to come back towards the end of that football game and win it. You know, Jared Goff stacked another good game on top of what he had done towards the back half of the season. You know, they're playing with not a ton of their top skill guys or offensive line still got it done. You know, lots of things to take away. Now, does it exactly correlate and, and carry over you know yeah I'm with you I, I don't know that it does but I do know that it put a good taste in their mouth heading out yeah three wins isn't good enough Dan Campbell said that Brad Holmes said that everybody knows that but we also know that uh, winning at the end of the year is nice um, positivity Kool-Aid everything heading in the offseason where you have money to spend you have a senior bowl to coach you have multiple high assets in the NFL draft and a young, hungry, gritty team coming back in 2022. So I think the fan base fired up. Everyone's been drinking the Kool-Aid. The numbers are crazy. It's been fun having everybody interact on Twitter. You guys can find me at Derek Oakry and definitely find Logan at L Lamarandier. Now, Logan, I have exclusive audio, which I've been known to have here on the show. I want to do this topic and then I want to tee everybody up with the multitude of things we're going to talk about here on the show. But I, I'm, this is actually audio of you, buddy. And it was uh, kind of after, or it was about uh, a certain quarterback that uh, might have got his uh, first playoff win last night. I'd like you to comment, but first let's hear this audio. It's my team. It's my quarterback. That that was you post game when the Rams took it to the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, you come on here time and time again. You support Matt Stafford to the hills. I also am a fan, but I've always kind of beat up on the delusional fans that think this guy is perfect and that he was always the only thing good here in Detroit. And he and then the Lions caused him all of his issues. But I was happy to see him get him win. But I mean, you shed a couple of tears there, and I, I know that's your quarterback. So, what, what do you guys say about staff before we keep this thing rolling? Yeah, I think it just kind of validates. I feel like what I was always saying about Stafford, where it's <laughs> you give him a decent team and he's going to look great. It's just he had one year really out of his entire career as a Detroit Lion that he had somewhat of a complete team. Um, and I, I just always think it's the running game and defense that really makes a lot of the quarterbacks look good because good quarterbacks can make average receivers look good um, most often times. But it's the run game that they need to really take the pressure off their shoulders and having a defense that's not making these teams um, just tee up on the quarterback all the time. So it was good to see. And I found myself, even though I, I still was kind of rooting for that draft pick a little bit, but. Yeah. Um, I was super happy for Stafford just because again, I, how many years did we debate about Stafford? And it was just, it was just endless. And I, I tried to stay away from it as much as I could this year, but there were so many times that he could bring him back up and get into <laughs> social media arguments. And it was like, you know what, I'm just going to try to stay away. 
Um, you know, it is only one game. It's, it's not like he couldn't win one playoff game. He just needed a decent team around him. And mo- that's like that with most quarterbacks. So I, I spent so much time and work just, you know, looking into the stats, trying to make, um, you know, apples to apples comparisons when there's other teams around other quarterbacks, you know, like good quarterbacks uh, that didn't have much of a run game, didn't have much of a defense and they've, they always struggled too. So it's just, um, it's happy to see for them and we'll, we'll see what happens at this point in the draft too. When you start getting to the later, the first round, it's just, you know, you have that big tier of players anyways. It's not like it's super high in the draft where there's, you know, that elite tier and then kind of that second tier that are still really good. And a lot of them are pro bowlers and turn into all pros. But um, when you get towards the end of the draft, it's just kind of a different type of player typically drafting there. And there's a lot of them. So it was, it was good to see. I'm, I'm happy for Stafford. And I think it's well-deserved and it's about time. He's finally had a team to support him a little bit. <laughs> Let's do uh, what the fans want. Let's put it to bed with your audio once again of you pledging your love for number nine. It's my team. It's my quarterback. <laughs> All right. Let, let, here's what we're going to do, man. Here's what we're going to do on the show. So the first segment here, I want to kind of throw these names at you of kind of like the Lions key free agents, guys that we know are their deals are up or, you know, will the Lions bring them back and are they a priority? Are they not? I'm going to throw some of those at you going to get your thoughts. I'll give a, a few things that I think as well. And then um, after our commercial break, I mean, I want to get into the senior bowl a little bit. You know, they kind of been releasing the positions, you know, um, day by day or whatever. Uh, Nagy and company down there at senior bowl do a great job. And, you know, we're not going to get into all the nuances. I just kind of want the broad strokes to maybe talk about the quarterbacks, um, some of the wide receivers, since those are two priority positions, get into some of the other names, maybe that just keep an eye out here early in the process. So we we got lots to do here on the show. I'm also going to, I got it right here, Logan. Can you, can you hear this? This is this is paperwork I have where I have a list of probably gosh I don't even know how many like free agents I have names that I might just throw at you that I I'm I'm hoping the Lions take a look at. It sounds like Brad Holmes got some money to spend, man. He's ready to go. So maybe we'll run down those two and you can stop me when you when I name off somebody that you love. So are you ready to get into this, man? We got lots to talk about, but we're we're down on the off season here. I'm just doing the one Wednesday show. I got you here, tremendous guest that knows his stuff and is always letting me have a little fun here and mix it up with you so you ready to get into all this man let's do this oh yeah always ready let's do it so logan let's just start with the lions key free agents man tracy walker where you at with him uh i mean as with any free agents you know the market kind of dictates what their value is and i i have a certain price point that i'd probably be happy with with tracy walker but um you know i i think he's a solid role player but at the same time I don't think he should be getting necessarily top 10 money either I I know he had a, a solid season and had a lot of tackles but uh the game clinching interception uh, at the end of the year too but that was, that was his first interception in a while but he showed flashes early in his career of being more of a ball hawk and that's if I'm going to have a safety as a, you know more of a free safety that I, I would like a ball hawk so to me, I, I just want to make sure, yeah, he sure seems like he's a scheme fit and a culture fit in Detroit, but um, I'd be really interesting to just to see he's in such an odd situation where he was under Patricia, where he was kind of being benched for Will Harris, which never made any sense and was made more into like a, um, a hybrid safety and like a strong safety where he, he seemed to always excel more as a deep safety. So um, you, you kind of wonder what you're going to get with him or what teams are going to value him as because where they're going to see him play so uh, yeah I would love to have Tracy Walker back but um, it's just it's tough to say where he's going to be because he's had such an up and down career so you don't really know what that price point's going to be or how many years he's going to get so I I love seeing Tracy get that final pick. He, he he loves the coaching staff. He wants to be here. He gets a lot of tackles, but I still don't see the consistent dynamic play that I want either. So I'm kind of with you on that. Now let's do this. We can't spend like forever on each of these, but I'm looking at my list here. Let me just name off. This seems like a nice looking bit of safeties here that may be available depending on what the Lions want and will pay. So we got Williams from the Saints, Bates from Cincy, the Honey Badger, 
We've got Marcus May. We've got Quandre Diggs. We've got Whitehead from Tampa Bay. We've got, who else we got? I got other safeties too. Deshaun Elliott, who I like a lot, and Baltimore. We got Edmonds from the Steelers. Jabril Pappas, who played at Michigan. And we've got Harrison, who I believe is over there in Cleveland. So I know I just kind of ran those off, but did any name jump out where you're like, I would die for that guy and let go of Tracy or um, or what's your thoughts? It seems like there's some decent safety options if they want to invest in that. Yeah, there is. And I, I think if they were to go after any of those safeties, I'd imagine, you know, Tracy Walker might be put on the back burner a little bit. Um, but I think Jesse Bates, he's probably going to get paid quite a bit um, <laughs> over in Cincinnati, but I think he's, one of those guys that I like the most in free agency. If so, if they were going to try to really go for a playmaker, um, that would probably be one of the players I would go after. Um, and he's, he's still young. I think he's still, he's not even like 25 years old yet. So that's a guy that in a rebuild, you're bringing him on and he still has the prime of his career left to play. But, uh, a lot of the other guys you mentioned too, it's just, uh, you know, Quandre Diggs is starting to get up there in age. I think he's more like a cover three free safety where he's got the middle of the field, but he's not necessarily responsible for the whole field. I think that was the issue with him, his fit in, uh, in Patricia's scheme, just because they would only have one deep free safety covering the entire field and not just the middle third of it, where he does, I think, a majority of his best work. But um, Tyron Matthew, he's getting up there in age too. I know he's a big name, but um, to me – if the Lions wanted to spend some money, I think Jesse Bates would be my first option. Bates would be my first option as well. But here's a little nugget for not only Logan Lamarindier, for everybody out there listening. The the Lions, yes, we want to go young. We want to have lean, mean football players on good contracts, draft picks, ideally. But there are times where you get a guy in his upper 20s, early 30s that's shown he can make plays in the National Football League and you're willing to give him, you know, some dough and a few years there to to help your team get over the home. So let's keep that in mind as well. All right, Logan, let, let's keep this rolling, man. We got lots to get into. Charles Harris, this guy had a great year rushing the quarterback, former first round pick, seems to love it here as well. Um, you know, in summation, where are you at with him? So I think he definitely played a lot better than his contract. And again, I think for the Lions to take the next step, they have to improve their edge rushers. And Charles Harris did a great job, but I, I think a lot of it was too is he saw a lot of playing time. So he, by default, almost saw more pressures and, um, you know, more sacks. But I don't think he's ever going to be, you know, one of those guys that teams have to scheme around or really fear. And if the Lions – are, are, they're going to get Romeo Aquara back. Julian Aquara kind of came along at the end of the season, but if they spend a high draft pick on a defensive end as well, that puts Harris back in a reserve role. And I think that's where he, his best fit is, is more of that reserve type of guy. I, I don't want to depend on him necessarily being a starter. Um, he just, he, I think he looked a lot better than maybe he, he was just due to the fact the Lions didn't have all that much talent on the defensive side of the ball. So. Um, Again, it all comes down to price, you know, having, what do you have, seven sacks this year um, in that ballpark? You know, typically that's going to get guys paid a decent contract, so at least a lot more than the, like the under $2 million he got this year. They're not going to be able to get him for that. And uh, if the Lions get back, both the Aquaras, I think Flowers is probably going to, I think he should be cut. I, I think that's what will happen, but you never know. And then another rookie, it's, do you want to spend money on Harris? Cause he might be as, you know, seven, $8 million player, which to me just seems a little steep uh, for a depth piece. So it sounds like you're letting Walker and Harris go unless everything else falls apart. Um, for the most part, I got you there. Yeah. I mean, I'd and be based more, on price. I'd try to bring Harris back. I mean, not Harris, not Harris, <laughs> Tracy Walker back probably before I would. Uh, Harris, just because, uh, yeah, I, I think Charles Harris is kind of that role player that you can you can find on the street, and you don't need to overpay for those type of players. Yeah. 
we'll see what happens. I'm looking at my list here. I mean, again, these are younger guys for the most part. Guys that I thought were somewhat realistic may come here. Also, guys that I just like based on I liked him in the draft, their names, whatever. I'm looking at, um, you know, Hassan Reddick, Harold Landry, kind of that outside backer defensive end, Barnett with the Eagles. I've got uh, Nuosu. The kid's been coming on out there with the Chargers. You've got McKinley, kind of crazy, but also has that big-time motor and and had some draft uh, things coming out, has underperformed. But other than that, like those were just a few on my list, so it does look a little bit thin there in comparison to the safeties. Um, any quick names jump out there that would interest you? Um, I, I don't think defensive end or that edge players – I, I just kind of this, along the same lines as Harris, I'm not sure if I'm really w- willing to spend all that much money at, at that position unless the Lions see themselves going somewhere different high in the draft just because um, the Lions are going to have players on the edge. I, I don't want to spend or allocate a lot of money to that edge position if they're just going to be a backup. So it's, again, kind of the same thing as you know Harris All right, fair enough. I guess my counter would be that we have not been able to get after the quarterback consistently, did a bit better this year. So the more flamethrowers you can have, whether it's a D-end, outside backer, wherever, the better because that's how this defense can get better in a hurry is if you can get after QBs, sacks, turnovers, things like that. So I'm a proponent of keeping as many good players at those positions as you can. Um, I know there's a limit on the resources, but um, let, let's get some people that can rush and, and be dynamic on defense. Now, Josh Reynolds is the next name I have. I, I really liked what he did, came in. Pretty silky smooth guy. Seemed to like it here, but also didn't really commit. You know, he's going to be a market guy as well. See what he can get. Um, Do you think they'll bring him back? Would you bring him back? And then do you think he could fit in as a nice number two, still go out and get your draft pick, have St. Brown, and have a really nice mix when we roll into 2022 at the wideout position? Yeah, Josh Reynolds is actually one of those players that I I would really like to sign back just because I don't think he's going to cost all that much. Um, because he saw what he got last year uh, in, in free agency, and then he ended up getting released midway through the season or waived. So that's, to me, I think he's going to be not the hottest contract on the market. And he knows that with the Lions, he has a scheme that works. He has familiarity uh, with Jared Goff. And at, if the Lions even bring in a, another rookie wide receiver or, you know, sign another bigger free agent wide receiver. I still think Josh Reynolds is a really strong reserve, you know, kind of even third or fourth option, but I'd be, I would actually be fine with him even being the second outside receiver and St. Brown working on the slot, as you mentioned with either a rookie or a big name free agent, I'd prefer probably try to draft another rookie for the um, starting outside spot. But um, Reynolds to me is just kind of exactly the type of player that they need who is cheap but might not have a ton of value out in the open market but with the Lions I think he's probably more valuable uh, than maybe most other teams might consider him I'm with you I'd like to keep him Jared Goff seems to love him. He seems to love Jared Goff they did nice things um, I think that that could be very uh, beneficial on multiple levels maybe not cost as much but give us a nice players so we don't have to scramble um, to put a receiving core together so those were those were the top three I had let's just do this kind of would you keep them would you not you know not worry as much assume you're getting them at a pretty good value when it comes to across the league or you know at a price that you're comfortable with so we'll just do these kind of yay or nay Um, where where you at with germ jrm jalen reeves maven keeping them letting them go Yeah, I'd, I would try to keep him, too, just because I think he's a lot better scheme fit for this defense. And you saw him play. He played well. And, he again, he's a great special teamer, which you need those type of linebackers. So even if the Lions are to upgrade and spend a high draft pick on a linebacker and that puts Jalen Reeves Maven in a reserve role, he still has a sizable role on the team just due to his, due to his special teams value. And if you need him to start, he can start. So – to me, I think that's highly valuable. And again, he's like Reynolds. I don't think he's going to make a month, bunch of money on the open market. And so it's a win-win for Detroit. What about AJ Parker? Can he play slot corner at a pretty consistent level? If you keep him around, would you keep him? Would you let him go? 
so he he fell off um and the lions i mean is he technically a free agent i don't even know i need to look that up but uh being an undrafted rookie free agent you know the lions have rights to him at least i know um but he yeah he started off strong and then towards the end of the year maybe his injuries kind of derailed the season so i i definitely think that's a position that can be upgraded it's nice to see parker have um some playmaker ability and a strong start that he can be a reserve guy but i'm i don't know if i'd go into next season just totally counting on him being the guy i think that's still that slot corner position could be upgraded but if not if he's not the worst in the world and you might it'd be nice to kind of give him another year to see if he can improve upon a strong start and kind of get over uh that those end of the season struggles he had yeah, it's a good take by you. Uh, maybe a little bit of a slip up by me. I put him on the list kind of as a keeper go. He he may be under one of those, uh, you know, restricted, you know, rookie types, or he might actually be under a deal, but just a guy that I thought would you keep around. I, I agree with what you said. Um, is Tim Boyle like backup quarterback quality, or do you think they should, you know, upgrade that position? Would you, would you keep Tim Boyle or let him go? <laughs> I mean, I think he's definitely a backup quality. I don't, it's tough to find a good backup quarterback. It's hard enough to find us a, a good starting level quarterback, let alone a backup quarterback that can come in and really, um, you know, get you wins. But with, with Boyle, you know, they paid him what two and a half million last year. So that's kind of right around where I'd be comfortable paying him again uh, because he's, he's not the worst in the world. Um, it could be a lot better, but I don't, I don't think the Lions are in a spot where they're necessarily competing for a championship or anything like that, where they need to continue to rack up wins if their their quarterback goes down. Uh, obviously, it'd be nice to have more wins next year if Goff could get hurt and you'd have a reliable quarterback. But Boyle just seems like a very replacement-level backup quarterback and probably a guy who you can find relatively easily if you truly needed a guy like that. But it, it, it there is something to say about a guy who's familiar with the system, you know, going on a second year in the same offense, you know, can growing and developing still as, as a 27 year old, I, I think he still maybe has a little bit higher ceiling, but at the same time, he also, you, I think you know what he is. And that's just probably a pretty average to maybe slightly below average quarterback. And if you want to keep that around, that's fine. I'm not going to be too hurt about it. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, you know, the thing I'm trying to figure out with Tim Boyle is why he wears the Nike dry fit headband like a bonnet. He wears it instead of on his forehead, like kind of on the top of his head with his hair poking out the back. It's very odd, very Amish and very just an odd look for a, a an adult male quarterback, in my opinion. So until he gets rid of that, I, I'm not keeping him on my football team. I'm in proponent, actually, of looking for that good quarterback um, rookie value. So if Sam Howe or Ritter or one of these kids are there that I really like uh, with the you know, late first, early second, third round pick, whatever it is. Um, I would, I'd consider that over bringing back Tim Boyle and his bonnet. Um, you know, Dean Marlowe to me is a guy that I thought played well. He got a lot of playing time late. He seemed to always be around the football, making plays. I mean, that's a guy I'm considering keeping as that veteran depth type safety. I don't need him starting. I think I can do better than that, but, uh, I'm keeping him around. Are you in agreement with that for the most part? Yeah, I mean, he's under a million dollars for his contract, and that's not like it's anything big. So for a veteran presence, I think he did fine. You know, he's you're you pay what you get for type of deal. So if they want to bring him back and that's the the veteran they want in the back end, sure, that's that's fine. But I'm not, again, much like Boyle, when you have these little contracts, it's not like I'm going to be uh, too partial one way or another when. They're the 46th highest paid salary on their roster. Yeah, it's not a money thing, but it's more of you can't have these ultimate stud young rookies everywhere. You got to have these like vets that know what they're doing or guys that at least played here last year. They can sort of, you know, be reliable when needed. Special teams, as you said, there's just so many factors. That's why I love team building so much. You got to consider it's not just the athleticism or the price or the guy's ultimate, you know, top level play. It's like, yes, you need middle guys. You need bottom of the roster guys. You need 
cheap guys. You need guys that are great locker room people. And I think that's all the stuff we're trying to figure out. So did you see the Alex Anzalone tweet kind of black and white talking about, hey, moving on to the next chapter? Appreciate it. Um, did you take that as a, a piece he's done or a, a guy, a cryptic? I mean, did you see what do you think of that? I mean, it's debatable if he should be back regardless, but I took it more as a send off. Yeah, to me, it seemed more like, you know, his, his status is up in the air. He's uncertain. And I think the Lions, I, Anzalone was kind of that perfect fit, I think, for what the Lions needed this year, where they needed a veteran. They needed some leadership. They needed someone who was familiar with the scheme. But overall, Anzalone, he wasn't great. I think that's another position that should try to be upgraded. And um, Anzalone's not going to be super expensive either. But it just seems like it's it's probably time for the Lions to try to upgrade that position. And if they're going to be trying to find other starters at linebacker, that, again, moves Anzalone down the ranks. And I don't know if that's what he's trying to do or not. So I, what Anzalone did this year, I, I thought was exactly what the Lions needed. They needed players like him to be a leader. But at the end of the day, uh, I feel like he's more like a year one rebuild type of guy but someone you're not trying to really build around in the future. Yeah. I I didn't mind what he did. I don't need to keep him, but if I can, I I probably would. I don't know what I got in Derek Barnes yet. I don't know if I got into Kobe Dean or another stud that can just go in there and make plays. So, um, you know, we'll just wait and see on that one. Um, so Logan, we've done what we normally do. We're like already 30 minutes into the pod. I, I, again, me and my buddy chops, we went over an hour about a week ago. The people enjoyed it, but again, um, I try to keep it, keep it tight here. Now I got this list still that I want to read off to you so I'm going to do as I as I said which I'm going to try to go rapid on these names I want you to pull out one or two that interest you then we're going to get our great sponsors in here and then we'll keep the uh, senior bowl tight because there's still more time to talk about that as well as so much draft to talk about uh, in the coming weeks months and we'll have you back about once a month or so as well so um, have a little scrap paper I'm going to read off these names um, skip over the ones I've already read. These are free agents that caught my eye that may interest the Lions. Again, they don't have unlimited budget, but I'm looking at Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, Michael Gallup, Juju, David Njoku, tight end. I'm looking at Jackson, the corner from New England. I'm looking at Christian Kirk, DJ Chark. I'm looking at Jose Jewell, linebacker. Maybe Corbett, interior offensive lineman. I hate to say it because he's always hurt. Will Fuller at the wide receiver position because he has speed. Patrick Peterson might have one year left where he could give us something if needed a veteran corner. I'm looking at Max Williams as possibly a blocking, bigger, tight, tight end. Jamison Crowder, a very professional wide receiver. Braxton Berrios, a you know, small underneath route running gritty type player. I'm looking at OJ Howard. Does he have something? Because I'd love to add to the tight end position, as you could tell. Mike Hughes making plays out there at cornerback with the um, Kansas City Chiefs. I've got Witherspoon as a corner. I've got the safeties I named off. I mean, Lots of names there. Again, we're just jam-packing the show. So I wanted to read those because I want the people to at least have some of those names in their brain. A lot of them, oh, Pipe never come to Detroit. Oh, the Lions can't get them. I, I'm telling you, I think Brad Holmes is finally going to get some people that we are know their name, we're excited about, they have plays, they're young, you are pay them, but then they show up on Sundays and make plays. I'm tired of these guys that are at like the very bottom, like all those Lions free agents we talked about, none of them are on like the top 150 of PFF ratings, none. <laughs> Tracy, nobody. So like, let's go get some names, some guys that make the top third of that list and add them to this football team. So anyway, jump out to you. We got to close out this segment, but I gave you a lot there to digest. Yeah, I like Max Williams a lot, the tight end. I think uh, he's a solid tight end and kind of a, a very well-rounded tight end. And the Lions' tight end depth behind Hawkinson is lacking. So I would he's a guy who I think would be a perfect fit for the offense at wide receiver. Um, again, I think that's more of a route I'd rather try to build through the draft than really pay anybody. And a lot of those top 
for whatever reason, all the top uh, free agent wide receivers all seem to get hurt this year. So that kind of hurts the uh, receiver market. Maybe they can get one at a little bit of a discount uh, just because they were hurt. But um, I would like to go the draft route and try to stay somewhat cheap at the wide receiver position. And then there was a couple other guys you mentioned too that I was like, oh yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that. But I think the Lions need to at least swing at a couple of bigger names um, and give them the longer contracts and let them be here through the rebuild and kind of be the core of their team and be playmakers. The Lions ultimately, that's what they need on this team. And that's what's separating from the best teams is uh, they need some playmakers. Exactly. I'm kind of bummed that you picked out Max Williams with two X's because he was at the bottom of my He was a meat and potato. We already have a lot of gritty guys. We have a lot of bottom of the roster, mid-tier guys. Like, you know, putting some of those bigger names out there, I mean, yes, to get, like, good food at the store, sometimes you have to pay more for that food. If you want the, the 25-cent hot dogs, you can get those, but you might not like the taste. So I'm hoping that Brad Holmes goes uh, shopping at Whole Foods or somewhere with some good good groceries because I'm just sick of, like, always looking at, well, this guy, he's never really done anything, but I'm sure he'll, like, be cheap and come here and be excellent. Like, no. So I'm real curious to see what they do, and we still got time before free agency, but... Hey, man, like I said, we've basically done a full show, but we're going to take a quick break. And I know you got some senior bowl thoughts, so I'm thinking we can squeeze those in, still promote all the great stuff you're doing, and get up out of here in about 45 for the people here on the Kool-Aid cast. What do you think? Sounds great. Everybody, we'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, everybody, this goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You could put franchise tags on guys. Um, It's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now you ready showtime on may 3rd summer starts with the fall guy let's do it later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Kool-Aid drinkers, we're back. I mean, we loaded you up in the beginning part of the show. We got Logan's thoughts about that win against the Packers. Logan showed his man love again for Matt Stafford. Even kind of cried with that audio that I had for for number nine. We we gave you, I mean, gosh, we went down like Lions free agents. I gave you a whole bunch of names that I got highlighted. Logan gave you in-depth analysis on every player, what they can do, how he's not going to pay anyone. I thought it was a tremendous first segment. But Logan here in the second segment... We're going to talk some Senior Bowl, but before we do that, I mean, I tried to give you plugs off the top, X's and Bros, huge radio show, I gave out your Twitter, I talked about how you're writing articles at Sports Illustrated All Lions, I mean, did I miss anything, is there anything where the people can find you, are you putting out analytics, are you trying to talk with 
the people or what are you up to these days <laughs> you always do a way better job than i could even do so <laughs> i got about nothing left man if you want to go over to instagram or uh detroit lions lowdown on facebook there's plenty of content there as well but uh yeah, i'm mostly a twitter guy and um no you you covered it all <laughs> I'm I'm looking right now for for my new favorite drop. I've got multiple, but I think this might be my new one where I tee it up because here on the Kool-Aid cast, we serve up the Honolulu Kool-Aid for the people. And the people consist of the millions. I mean, I mean, we got a lot of people listening here, Logan. I don't know if you know a lot, lots of Kool-Aid drinkers. Okay, Kool-Aid drinker and, you know, cornbread muffin and all that. Exactly. So <laughs> let's uh, let's talk senior bowl, man. Let, let me start at the quarterback position. So <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at it. The Lions got some quarterbacks, baby, on the American team. What's better than Dan freaking Campbell, our head coach out there coaching the American squad? That just feels right to me. And it feels extra right because we got Malik Willis from Liberty. We got Sam Howell from North Carolina. We got Bailey Zay. Zappy. I mean, one of the greatest names. This kid's a high riser. I mean, those were the names that jumped out to me. The Lions got three guys that they get a good look at that I think might be in that sweet spot at the first round. Some of these guys might slip to the second. I saw a mock the other day that had Sam Howe in the third round. I've seen Bailey Zappy in the middle rounds that people are all in love with this kid. Like, do one of those names jump out? Should people be watching these guys? I know you're like, oh, wait for eight years till we get the quarterback when everything else is perfect. I know that's your take. But like, I feel like the Lions got good quarterbacks. And this might be a nice look at these guys and really decide if this is a guy that they would like at the right price in the NFL draft. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun watching these quarterbacks because there are a lot of big name quarterbacks. And without like, this quarterback draft class really having like clear-cut number one top-end type of player, you have all these seniors coming out who are really trying to make a name for themselves. And so Sam Howell is a guy who is really interesting to me, um, you know, has a lot lot of like, you know, a pretty strong arm. I, You know, it's tough to say. I'm going to say this about all these players. It's like I haven't really dug into much of these players yet. I've obviously watched them, but to really try to dig into them, that's what I'm looking for forward to most of the senior bowl but all these names and even like Malik Willis who you know seems like he has all the talent in the world but I watched him play a couple games this year where he's just throwing an interception after interception I'm like this this guy's supposed to be the top quarterback in the draft and this is it so it'd be nice to see him try to clean up stuff and um you know Desmond Ritter is another guy really all these players could be later uh you know that second pick the Lions have in the first or even the in the second round, you know, top of there. So I don't, I don't know, man, it's, um, there's a lot to shake out here. And that's why I think the senior bowl is going to be so good for these guys. Cause you can, can basically compare them one-on-one versus each other and just kind of how the ball comes out of their arm and uh, their accuracy and see how they do. I, I can't wait to see it, man. I, I do think people are, there's a lot of, even some of my good buddies, you know, on Twitter, the Kool-Aid drinkers are kind of hating on Sam Howell. Like, I don't want him. He can't do this. He can't do that. The dude showed this year that he can, he's willing to use his legs, which is real important in the NFL, as you said. I think he's going to show off his arm at the Senior Bowl. I think he might be, you know, head and shoulders above some of those other guys and, and show out there at senior bowl. Malika Willis is a guy too, that can also run, which I think the lions need a running mobile off platform, off schedule type quarterback for the future. And, you know, Carson strong, he's got some injury issues, but he's fun to watch when I turn some of his games on, you've got Ritter who I like a lot. So I do think it'll be fun to see how they shake out. (laughs) What's that? Can't forget Kenny Pickett either. I mean, he's he's a, the QB one on some boards too, which, uh, yeah. you know, it just looking when you look at his stats over the season, he was super impressive too. So uh, we'll see what his hand size is because it's that is a big deal. <laughs> if he has small hands, are you trying to say that hand size, like and, having small hands, put a lot of balls make, in the turf? 
<laughs> Are you trying to say small hands makes it so like you're like Jared Goff, who uh, I don't know. I think I've been quoted before saying he can't throw. I mean, and you says because of his hands. I mean, that's debatable at this point. But I, I'm rooting for the guy. But uh, I'm still waiting for his fifth spiral of the season. But um, Kenny Pickett to me again. I was trying to focus on mostly the guys that the Lions are going to be coaching Logan, but they will get a look at the oh. other team as well. But Kenny Pickett's a guy that I just hope he goes before the Lions even are tempted because I like his talent, but it just seems like I'm I'm looking for bargains. I'm looking to wait. I'm looking for a guy that's got a little bit more athleticism instead of, you know, Kenny Two Gloves that'll be out there looking like a Kenny uh, Teddy Bridgewater before it's all said and done. Mickey Mouse with his two white gloves out there throwing the football. I don't need that in Detroit, but a bearded Sam Howell that's gritty and tough and can run and throw is maybe what I'm excited about, if you can't tell. So, like, that's the quarterback position, man. I mean, the other one that all the fans... Fans are going to be super hyped about as a wide receiver. So when I looked at that, when the, the Lions roster came out, I was like, hey, man, I like Roberson. I was a guy that I kind of kept my eye on. I think I had him in my college fantasy league this year. He always seemed to put up numbers. Same with Tolbert. He was a late, you know, what's he, um, Southern Alabama guy that seemed to always be putting up yards, touchdowns. Uh, I did a little reading up on Trey Turner from Virginia Tech. He seemed to break a lot of records there and have some inside-outside ability. And then Carr from Memphis, I put him on my short list too just because Memphis always seems to be putting out these athletic studs that can run it, catch it, do all types of things. So he might be the next guy in that mold of the Antonio Gibsons of the world and company that can just do a lot of things you like at the next level, maybe better pros than college players. But, um, you know, any wide receivers jump out because you know when the draft comes around. All the fans that are just going to be saying, give me one wide receiver. Give me two if you got two. Because that's their biggest position they love here in the city of Detroit. And I can't figure out exactly why other than we took three, four in a row. We had Calvin. We had all these people. It's like wide receiver isn't the end-all, be-all people. But, yeah, we do need a nasty pass catcher You know, at some point. There's no question. Yep. And, and unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of juniors. I, uh, I feel like a lot of the top. Oh yeah. Receiver prospects are juniors. So um, there's a few, you know, a lot is a senior, but um, as far as at the senior bowl, yeah. Guys who interest me, like Jalen Tolbert, you mentioned him from South Alabama uh, seems to be like a Tracy type of player. And you'd like to see how he does uh, against higher competition, but there's also guys every year, like, you know, Terry McLaurin who might not have the best college career, but then kind of flashed, and showed what he could do at the senior bowl and just tears it up in the NFL. So there's still those mid round guys. I think most of these senior bowl players probably are more of those mid to late round type of players. Uh, but it, it's probably in that same ballpark where the lions would be looking. If they want to double dip at the receiver position. They might grab one of these guys and they're going to get hands-on experience with them, get a whole week with working with them. So they're hopefully they know better than most what they might be able to yeah. get out of a player. But um, yeah, Reggie Roberson, as well he was you kind of already hit on the two guys that I was probably looking most forward to and I hope there's some surprises in there the guys that catch my eyes and make me do a little bit more homework on them yeah these are mid to later tier guys we all know that the studs are this you know the juniors the younger cats the guys from the big schools we get all that but I do think it's a kind of an intriguing group and Logan let me tell you this and let me tell the the the, the people out there something if, if you've paid any attention to the senior bowl over the last you know uh, you know, five plus years when a guy goes down to the senior bowl and balls out every day where people are like either you can't cover or man this quarterback's making all the plays and he stacks day after day he's the best guy down at the senior bowl please elevate that guy in your draft board because I had talks with buddies saying let's get a guy named Cooper Cup because he dominated the senior bowl you ever heard of this guy Debo Samuel he dominated the senior bowl he guy you mentioned Terry McLaurin balled out at the senior bowl nobody could cover him with his speed and he's been making plays in the NFL you heard of a guy named Justin Herbert went down there had a tremendous day was the MVP now he's the newest hotness at quarterback like it's fine to get the the guys that like you know are mid tier or hey I'm gonna take a chance on this guy in round five or six. I'm here to tell you whoever the best players at the Senior Bowl. I'm highlighting him, double underlining a couple exclamation points on my draft board because that guy they always seem to ball out in the NFL and it's no 
mistake that you go down there with the best seniors in college football and you are the best of the best. That translates, man. So there's my rant for the day about why that's important instead of just, oh, you know, I want to go get every sophomore junior that's in. No, the best senior has showed out year after year when it when it's all said and done and you can usually get him at a nice value but even if you can't go reach and get that guy because he'll probably be a good pro all right let's let's go rapid fire on the running backs and tight ends uh you know everyone's like all lines don't need a running back you know of course we do have swizzle and swag and jamar and craig you know (laughs) like we have a nice core but like i'm always looking to not only upgrade but i'm not going to turn a blind eye to a good football player so the lions on the american squad have robinson from alabama who's a big body really showed some things put up good stats showed himself well in the college football playoff and all that i like what he brings you also got james cook from georgia the national champions that beat alabama he's got some speed some juice he's probably a little bit kooky like uh dalvin he's probably gonna be hurt a lot in the pros kind of like dalvin but he he's got talent so those were two names that jumped out to me um do you think the Lions could like sneakily go add another running back at a good price, either in free agency or the draft, and and really have themselves a run game? Or do you think it's just like, I don't even want to deal with it, we're good? You know, at running back, it's such a short shelf life, and the Lions have plenty of picks, and I think you can find a lot of running backs in the later rounds that can still have a big impact. So I know the, the value of the running back position has decreased precipitously a lot you know just over the past what 10 years I feel like but if you can find a running back who has you know the size and speed and can break tackles and yards after contact those are my two big things the breaking of tackling ability and the yards after contact because those are two of you know factors that a running back that's like a personal stat that's not the line blocking for him so I'm all for guys who can do that and that's why I've always been high on Craig's Reynolds because he's kind of, he falls in that category where he just gets yards that aren't there. So I'm, I'm fine with Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift and Craig Reynolds as your running backs, but you really can never have enough of them as we saw this year where we had to rely on Craig Reynolds at a certain point. So uh, later in the draft, I'd be fine drafting a running back um, as long as they're able to break tackles and get yards after contact. Logan Lamarin, you're so much more professional where I just try to come on the show and entertain and give hot rants takes for the people. So you you said Craig Reynolds very uh, astutely multiple times where everybody knows here on the Kool-Aid cast, especially is come on, Craig. Come on, Craig. <laughs> uh, really played well and uh, love love what he brings. So I'm with you there. But I was doing a mock recently and Brian Robinson sitting there for me and rounds like six. Wherever I took him, I was kind of like, well. I could take another spot, but he's top guy on the board. He's a big body, which the Lions don't really have that banger, um, you know, and uh, I just like the value. So I took the guy in one of my mocks that I did. But, uh, you know, to me, tight end is really important. You know, everyone wants to say, oh, we got TJ Hawkins. Okay, I get it, but he's been hurt a lot. We have nobody behind him. Brock Wright, to me, showed a couple things. I also was surprised at the speed of Brock Wright when I read up on him a little bit. Does have a little bit of juice more than you would expect um, from a guy. I like that, but the the two names again focusing on who the Lions have Logan, um, likely from I believe he's from Coastal Carolina. I kind of you know saw him in a few games, like what he brings to the table from like a pass catching flex type guy. And then I don't even know how to say this guy's name, but he's the tight end out of UCLA, Dilich, Dilich, something like that. He uh, he's had some nice pedigree, and you always wonder about these kids that come out of UCLA. Are they going to be durable? Are they going to be tough? But I, I kind of like what he brings to the table from the tight end position, too. Kind of like a guy who can fit in at 2-3 and be like, hey, he, he helps our dealt, depth, helps our football team. Any any tight ends that the Lions will have jumped out to you other than those guys, maybe? <laughs> well, tight end's not really a position I've dug into all that much yet, full disclosure there. But I do think the Lions need a tight end. And uh, a guy behind Hawkinson, you know, that second tight end's typically – you know, just a well-rounded, versatile player, a guy that can catch, but also is can come in and be your blocking tight end. So to me, you know, we kind of saw that this year, even where the Lions want a tight end who can, is a jack of all trades. So uh, it's going to be interesting to kind of see which route they take. I do think the Lions will invest 
uh, at the tight end position though, because the tight end is a big part of their offense and they need a guy who can provide a little bit more in the passing game as well as block. So um, unfortunately I wish I had more for you on these tight ends, but I just haven't really gotten that far yet. It's all good, man. We don't need all the these broad strokes. We're just talking about a couple names. Also, like, you know, you're like most, oh, tight end, not too worried about it. Well, I'm pretty worried about it when our guy goes down midseason every year. We got no one behind. We're looking at the local bowling alley trying to find guys that can play tight end. I don't always need a guy that can catch, block, run. Do, like, I, you know, Max Williams, as you mentioned, maybe he just plays a role. Maybe some of these guys play a role, but we got to have something or some plan behind our top guys that everyone just says can do no wrong, number 88. So, um, you know, those are just the skill positions. I know offensive line, I think defensive lines recently came out. For me, the Lions will have to look at those defensive playmakers, but I think some of the guys we brought up, quarterback, wide out, even some of those intriguing running backs will be the main focus. Logan, did I miss anybody big you want to talk about senior bowl-wise? I mean, I think we gave some people some Kool-Aid to drink and figure out. No, I mean, I think we hit on the positions that most Lions fans are probably going to care about the most, too. Um, you know, the defenders are also in that mix, too. Once, um, you know, with probably linebacker, maybe, you know, safety, obviously. But uh, I, th- I think we hit on the key names for sure. No doubt about it. I'm excited. I'm hoping I can carve out time, however I got to do it, to watch all these practices. Dan Campbell. Dan freaking Campbell is going to be mic'd up. That's going to be incredible. Lions are going to be getting a firsthand look at these guys with all their draft picks. So so let me say this. The Senior Bowl is only a few weeks away, February 5th, I believe. Drink it in, uh... Drink that in, everybody. I mean, after that, we're probably less than a month away from free agency. Me and Logan gave you – he gave you – takes on all the top lines free agents that are important yeah there's gonna be guys at the bottom that keep on those cheap contracts but let's worry about those top few guys that'll be here beginning of march nfl free agency the lions got about 40 mil some to spend i mean drink that in everybody drink it in I expect the Lions to be active i expect them to be aggressive i mean before you know it logan when those two things are done We'll be heading to the end of April, my friend, for the NFL Draft. I mean, let's let's go. We're heading to the offseason. The fans are excited. We got Senior Bowl, Lions coaching. We got free agency. Lions looking to add to their roster. We got the draft. We got two first-rounders in our back pocket and other, other assets. I mean, you ready to do this or what? I feel like this is probably the biggest offseason in the history of this team what do you think <laughs> it's definitely close because uh <laughs> last year was kind of the easy offseason where you're just tearing everything down and now it's time to start building so the pressure starts to mount on brad holmes and dan campbell and i think at the first year heading the right direction but this offseason is going to be big um it's nice to have just a sense of optimism again after a few years of just seeming like the team was going the wrong way but yeah, it's it's going to be a big off season. The draft can't wait. You know, kind of just got <laughs> chills thinking about it a little bit. But it's still so far away, but it'll be here before you know it. It's going to be big. How big? Real big. I mean, I think Brad Holmes slept through last year's off season. He took a nap during uh, some of the parts where he just let the roster roll. This year, he's going to be making moves. He's going to be ready to go. So Logan, I mean, you tore it up. I want everybody to go read any article you put out when you put out these tweets with these goofy numbers and stats that you enjoy so much where I'm totally not a stat number guy at my at my core. I want people to just drink all that in. I want them to give you a follow. I want you to come back in like a month, which will be, where are we at now? Middle of January. That'll be middle of end of February. I mean, right before free agency, lots more to talk about. I mean, can't wait to have you back, man. I can't wait to be back. There'll be uh, a lot going on and the combines right around then too. So there's going to be plenty of drafts and athletes to talk about. <laughs> well, thank you so much, man. We got up out of here in 20 minutes on the back part of the segment. Logan, catch you next time, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, man. Looking forward to next time. 
And for all you out there listening, and the people consist of the millions. I, I think we got millions and millions of listeners somewhere in, in that realm, I would guess. I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but everybody drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in, uh... Side of cornbread. Cornbread! Cornbread! What the heck? Make it a double, and I'll catch you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Drink it in, man.